Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucette, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. On this week's episode, this one's kind of an interesting guest, kind of reading about her, her background and stuff. And so she's a, a blogger, a podcaster, an author, and a martial artist. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her. I'd like to welcome to the show the uh, owner of the website, The Martial Arts Woman. That's also the title of her book and I believe her podcast. Welcome to the show, Andrea Harkins. How are you doing today? Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me and for mentioning all those <laughs> all those things. <laughs> that I work on. <laughs> oh yeah. And and we'll, and we'll definitely get into those. We'll get into those. Yeah. Now, now you're in, I, you said you're in Tucson, right? I am. Okay. So I yeah. So as, as I'm, as I'm going through snow, you're sitting in the sun probably. So. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty nice right now. I thought it's pretty warm out right now. I don't even know what the temperature is. I haven't been outside, but definitely it's sunny, warm. Oh, and I was outside about a half hour ago. I think it was 16 degrees. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't want to trade. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank so before before we get into all the cool stuff you're doing now, let's kind of go back to the beginning and the beginning of your martial arts journey and kind of how it all started at, you know, what age or where, where did your first interest in martial arts come from? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have an interesting story because it's not, well, let me backtrack. It's not that interesting, but it's not that <laughs> typical, let's say. Uh, I began martial arts when I was 27 years old wow. and I'm 57 now, so you can do the math on that. The thing was, I had really no interest in martial arts. I had never had any interest in martial arts. I wasn't thinking about martial arts. My husband, we had been married about a year, and he said, hey, they're, they have a martial art program at the community center down the street. Do you want to try it? He had tried it when he was younger, mm -hmm. and he really liked it. But when he saw it pop up locally in the community center, he thought, hey, it would be great for both of us to do. So up to that point, I had never even thought about taking martial arts, honestly. I had wow. no interest in them whatsoever. Okay. So, so we, okay, go, ahead, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so we went to that first class and I've told this story many times. Just, mm -hmm. It just makes me chuckle. But I went to this first class. It was in this community center. There were a lot of people there, all belt levels, like beginners and advanced white belts, black belts. And they were all doing different things. They were in different groups. Some were doing forms, some were uh, sparring, some were breaking boards. There was jujitsu and they were throwing each other. And they had us just kind of sit on the sidelines for a few minutes to check it out. I just remember thinking, there is no way I'm ever doing this. <laughs> um, so, Famous last you know, words. <laughs> it, was just, it was just funny because I thought, okay, I've been raised. Um, okay, I mentioned my age already. So, you know, mm -hmm. I was kind of raised in a generation of women who were really taught not to yell, not to break things, not to be disruptive, not to punch things. You know, <laughs> I have the whole, the whole background in my head and I thought, no, this, I can never do this. So that was, that was the beginnings of my martial arts. 
So did you do any like sports when you were younger? Any anything like that at all, or just completely nope. new for you? Wow. Nope. Yeah, I was not. Never considered myself athletic. Never really had a lot of self confidence, which I think held me back, whether in athletics or anything. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time that I was doing something very physical and it was a great learning experience. I overcame obviously that first class by going a few more times. And then when the instructor pointed me out a couple of times as a beginner Mm -hmm. and said, look at the focus Andrea has, or look at how she's standing, you know, some of the basic things that you learn, but I really took it to my own level of, of excellence, I guess you could say. And when he started noticing that, I thought, wow, I'm actually good at something. I really, I really am doing well at this. And that's kind of what kicked in for me and, and made me want to continue. So what style was that? It was mostly Tang Sudo, Korean Tang Sudo, but it incorporated other styles. So it wasn't like a pure Tang Sudo. We Mm -hmm. did Aikido, we did Jiu Jitsu, we did a few other, our knees, just you know, a, a whole realm of things, but the basis of the program was a Tonksudo okay. program. So what was it about that, that very first class that made, made you want to come back? I think my husband. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I would have gone back. <laughs> I think he probably said, don't judge it already. Let's go back a few times. Maybe we paid for the month or something. And, he, you know, he just mm-hmm. prompted me to, to continue going because I'm not really sure I would have continued after that. But, yeah, uh, yes, I kept going. I kept going and going. And did your, and did your never, husband keep going, too? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, we did nice. it together. We okay. did it together. And we've done our whole martial art career, you might say, together. Um, so we're both second degree black belts. We both taught underprivileged kids together for seven years. We've taught martial art programs for many years. Two of my kids are black belts of my two of my four kids. So it's been a, a lifelong journey that we never stopped once I caught the, that martial art, you know, love of, of self-improvement mm-hmm. and getting good at something and being able to teach others. It was uh, a definite change to who I was for the better. So now did you stick with that, that first blended style you started in or have you branched out since then Mm -hmm. and trained in other styles? Uh, Well, as far as our teaching and the programs that we created all were based on that first style. I also now practice and I'm not teaching now. Once I moved to Tucson, I I haven't been teaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do practice Tai Chi and I did practice Kung Fu for a little while. Okay. And so I really enjoy those as well. Cool. So what led to, I, I guess the, what, I'm assuming that did the blog come first, the website, mm-hmm. came, come, what, came, what came first and what kind of led to that? Yeah. The blog came first okay. and it happened. It was sort of like a midlife crisis thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had turned 50. So it was seven years ago. I turned 50 and I was doing like a lot of volunteer work at the local church and I was away from home a lot and I still had kids at home and it was just, it kind of got hectic. So I thought to myself, what can I do at home? And I've always enjoyed writing. I've always been a writer. What can I do at home that would really be some kind of outreach, something I could do as a volunteer type thing. And the blog idea came to mind. Somebody, I, a martial artist that I knew like on Facebook or something suggested it. He said, why don't you, you're a great writer and you're a martial artist. Why don't you bring that together and create a blog? And I didn't even really know what a blog was at the time. I'm like, well, what is that? 
So I kind of switched over from doing the volunteer work that I was doing because I, I enjoyed it. But again, I was away from home a lot and it still didn't have that sense of purpose for me. I knew there was something else really that I could be doing that maybe would help more people. And the blog was was what I began and really is began as a conglomeration of martial arts and positivity. I always put those together. And a, a lot of the blog is about applying martial arts or martial art mindset to your life. So it's not strictly a, it's not strictly a how to do martial art kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's really kind of philo- philosophical and life lessons that we all go through, things that we all struggle with and, and how I have used martial arts to overcome a lot of the things in my life. So that's kind of the basis of the blog. Okay. And what was kind of your goal with it? I mean, what did you have expectations you set for it or was it just something you were doing for yourself? Um, I had a mission and it, it, it's a big one. Um, basically, it was to use martial arts and positivity really to change the world for the better. And so it was it was personal because I do enjoy writing, but I really wanted to have something that could help change people, help them change themselves, because we all get in that funk where we're not sure we like who we are or we're struggling with something. And I really wanted something that would help create a more positive person. And then in doing that, they would be more positive around their families, their communities, their churches, their schools. And that would kind of reach out to other people and continue to become a bigger positivity mission through a community or maybe even throughout the world. So that was that was the mission. Uh, and I don't know if I if I reach that, I but I, I know that I do reach people who are appreciative of the blog and the stories and all of the social media work that I do. I have a Facebook page where it's really just positive things. There's there's pictures of me, there's pictures of me kicking, mm-hmm. but there's uh, motivational stories and reminders and motivational posters and and I just try to keep that going. Now it says on your on the bio that I read that you you also do motivational speaking. Now did that come after the blog? Is that something that mm-hmm. because of the blog that yeah. happened? Yeah, everything evolved from the blog. Okay, from the blog I began um, getting inquiries, or I submitted articles to magazines, martial art magazines, and so I began writing for different martial art magazines. I think that was the first kind of outreach after. Uh, after the blog. So I've written for some magazines. Some of these are no longer being published, but uh, Martial Art Illustrated UK is one that I've written for and the World Martial Art Magazine and MA Success Magazine and the Martial Art Guardian out of the UK and just different places like that. And from that became the public speaking. And the speaking is not a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I do it locally or, you know, somebody wants to fly me somewhere and for me to do a positivity talk or a martial art positivity talk. It's not a big part of what I do, but it definitely has evolved from from the blog. So now you had mentioned, you know, you know, before you got involved in martial arts, you know, the self-confidence type thing. So how was that uh, first time ever doing a, a public speaking? I know i I, I kind of have a uh-huh. you know, similar type background and I remember the first time I had to do that and it was terrifying. Just kind of curious how that first yeah. experience went for you. Yeah. Well, the first, the public speaking have never been like really huge groups, like a big, huge auditorium or anything. It's okay. usually like 30 to 50 people. Um, however, I will say that I've always had a fear of public speaking. In fact, in college or as a young young girl, I would just have an awful time when I had to do some public speaking. I was just so nervous. 
And I knew I needed to overcome that. Martial arts helped me because I began teaching in martial arts and I began teaching groups of people having to communicate well with them. So I made it an effort to learn how to do public speaking without being so nervous. And a lot of it simply is practicing what you're going to talk about. If you're comfortable, this is a tip for anybody who has a fear of public speaking. Just make sure you know your topic inside and out. Know exactly what you're going to talk about. Even if you're using notes or PowerPoint, just know what you want to talk about and know that topic. And that really helps with the fear and the anxiety. I think a lot of times it's because you're afraid to fail or you're afraid you're going to say or something you don't want to say or forget to say something. Right. So practice, practice really is the key. And martial arts helped me. I also, as part of my own self-improvement uh, in public speaking was when I would drive to work and I lived in Florida, I had an hour commute to work every day. So I began giving myself topics in the car. Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had an hour commute. So I would just give myself a random topic. Like today I'm going to talk about blue houses. And I would just give myself 10 minutes to talk about blue houses and try to be interesting or funny or have a unique twist on it or something. And that really helped me too. And the other thing I did was at uh, where I am in Tucson, I did join the Toastmasters. Oh, yeah. I've heard great great things about them. I've gone on and off and it was helping me a lot. Now I'm back to doing some of my mistakes. Like I'll say, you know, a lot or I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, so (laughs) I don't know. um, Yeah, there's a whole series that I know I do. When I was doing Toastmasters, it was helpful because people listen to you and then they, every time you do one of those, they put it like a marker in their piece of paper. (laughs) At the end, they're like, you said five ums and six, you know, so's, but it was very helpful. (laughs) I used to manage a call center and I had to listen to people's calls and and coach them on them. And I remember counting ums and likes and it's one of those things. It's hard. Exactly. You don't realize it. You don't realize it. Nice. So is there um, some of the articles you've written now, have they also been pretty well received? I'm assuming you, you keep getting offered mm-hmm. to, to write them and stuff. Is there is there one that stands out that's maybe a, a favorite one that you've written? Oh, gosh, I I don't have a favorite one. And all of the articles that I've written have been on different topics. The Martial Art Guardian was a UK based magazine. And for them, I wrote articles about martial art women. So it was kind of right up my alley. I did little stories about some of the martial art women, and that was a lot of fun to do. MA Success is an industry magazine. So for that one, I wrote about school owners who were profitable and how they did it. Okay. But the first article I wrote for the MA Success magazine was actually about me. I submitted an article called how to, what was it called? How to teach, how to teach martial arts in a rural program. And the thing was, I lived in a rural area. So Mm -hmm. we created a a martial art program at a local YMCA. And so the story was about me and my family and how we created this martial art program in a rural area and that you can still make money no matter where you live, including in a rural neighborhood. So that was kind of important to me because it kickstarted my writing for that magazine. I then went on to write another article for them called The Topsy-Turvy World of Martial Art Testing and a few others. And then that editor said, hey, thanks for your great contributions, your good articles. Would you just be willing now to write stories about other people? And and so that started that. (laughs) Um, And the Martial Art Illustrated UK 
that editor reached out to me and said, I'd like you to write stories just about you and your perspective about being a woman in martial arts. That was a lot of fun. And that's how all of those evolved. And I can't say I have a favorite article of any of them. I just really enjoyed all of the writing that I did for, for the magazines. And on occasion, I still do some of that. Nice. And then what what led to the, now you've written, is it two books? Yes. Okay. What led to the first book? Where did that come from? Uh, the first book is called The Martial Arts Woman. So you'll notice a theme with The Martial <laughs> Arts Woman. I yep. It's the name of the blog. It's the name of the podcast. And we'll talk about that. It's the name mm -hmm. of my first book. The first book, I was interested in writing. There was a small publisher friend who said, hey, why don't you write a book about martial arts and being a woman? And I thought, well, that's kind of cool because I don't ever really see anything like that. And I was going to write the book about me and my life as a woman in martial arts. Not about, again, nothing I write about is ever about technique or anything like that. Enough people do that yeah. in, my, in my life. My books and my writings are always more about life and philosophy and how do you overcome obstacles with your martial arts. So this book was going to be about me. And then the, uh, the editor had a great idea. He said, you know, I know a lot of martial art women. And at the time, I wasn't that prevalent on social media. I didn't know a lot of women throughout the world or even here just in the U.S. Yep. who practiced and taught and who were even semi-famous in martial arts. I really didn't know those people. And he gave me a list of names of women. He said, why don't you reach out to these women? I think they'd be willing to help you out. And I did. And just asked them, hey, would you like to write a chapter for my book, The Martial Arts Woman, about your life and martial arts? And everybody said yes. Pretty much everybody said yes that I asked. So half the book are, are still my stories, but it's interspersed with other people's, other women's stories. And it's one of those books where you can just read a chapter and then hop around the book to another chapter. You don't have to read it from page one through the end. You pick and choose different chapters and read different stories about women. And some of them are so fascinating. There are some stories in there about women who had cancer and who used martial arts really as a mindset and a tool to overcome it. Wow. There is a story about a woman who was one of the last to escape from Vietnam. And she tells the story of how she came over here on a boat that was rickety with water everywhere and nothing to eat and the rocking and rolling of the boat to the point where she was sick as a young girl. And she came here and she eventually became a martial art master. So they're just stories you never hear. And that's really the voice that I try to have for other women is to be able to tell the stories that people don't typically hear about martial arts. That's how that book began. And I'm really proud of it. I, I still feel like it's a groundbreaking book. I wrote it back in 2016. Oh, okay. But it's so relevant and people still purchase it, especially during the holidays. And it's just, that's what that book's all about. I don't know. I was actually literally reading it uh, yesterday and I'm planning on ordering a copy for my daughter. So oh, uh, yeah, it look, it look, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sounds really good. And, and it was funny how you mentioned that because when I, when I started the idea for this podcast, I, my, my initial goal was I want to have a nice mixture of male and female guests and people with different backgrounds. And when I got down to it, I'm like, all right, I have like 20 interviews planned and one of them is a female. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's yeah. something wrong there. And I think, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't for, it wasn't for lack of trying. I reached out. I was getting no response. I even reached out to like the national women's martial arts foundation or something like that and got no response mm -hmm. from them. I'm like, I want to put, yeah. I want to interview some of these women, no response, no response. And, and luckily someone recommended you to me and, and I got a few other recommendations I'm still contacting to do, but yeah, it's, it's, 
I've been in martial arts, you know, since I was 10. I started in, in 1984 is when I started martial arts. But there's always been yeah. women in my classes, so I know they study. Right. <laughs> but it's just to well, find, find them and notice, get them to tell their stories. <laughs> yeah. When you reached out to me, do you remember my, my comment? Exactly. Who are I, you? Saw, yeah. Who and are, are you I selling and me what something? What do you want to sell me? Exactly. What do you want? And that's what happens with a lot of women. We have to be really careful because, unfortunately, there's a lot of wackos out there yeah. on social media and whatnot. And it's a constant battle to create, to have friends and fans and followers who are genuine and not weirdos. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'll apologize now for being maybe a little strange. No, about that, I, but... I completely understood it. But what's, yeah. <laughs> what's funny is, I mean, like, you know, I've I've been lucky to have instructors who, you know, they treat male and female students the same. They, you know, they're mm -hmm. they don't see a difference. And when I lived in California, one of the first schools I went to, and I ended up not training there, but you you might get a kick out of this or think it's really sad, but the, the instructor, I forgot what they were doing exactly. This is 25 years ago, mm -hmm. but they were assigning exercises and they're like, all right, class do 50 sit-ups. Women do 25. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what? And every, everything he told the class to do, the women did half as much. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. okay, all the women I train with would be like, screw you. I'll do a hundred. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, tell us, wow. tell us to do less and we'll do more. <laughs> exactly. This, this guy was a 10th degree black belt, supposedly. And I'm like, that's really sad. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, mean, I never experienced that. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I have a sense that. I am but... questioning. Yeah, I, I do question people when they contact me. Actually, yours went through to my junk mail. So, that's why I was oh, even wow. more. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm glad you reached out and here we are. <laughs> that's, good. No, that's good. That's good. And then the, uh, now you mentioned the first book. Now the mm -hmm. second book, is it uh, martial arts? Was yes. it inspiration for everyone? Is that if I'm reading yes. that correctly? It's mar martial art inspirations for everyone. Okay. And this one is sort of like a daily reflection maybe, or a weekly reflection, however okay. you want to read it. And it's just, it's not even chapters. It's a one page topic. And like it covers things like effort and focus or uniqueness, purpose, moderation, comparisons, negativity, greatness, struggles, self-doubt, all of those kinds of things. And it's just each page is just a little reflection, maybe two to four paragraphs and how I overcame those topics that I just mentioned and how other people can do the same. And it's just a nice, nice way to maybe begin or end a day. And know that you're headed in the right direction, doing what's right for you. And that's for that book. And I am actually working on my third book right now, oh, which, okay. which may be, may be pretty relevant. It's called how to start your own martial art program. Okay. And when COVID hit, I thought, well, nobody's ever going to buy this. I I'm probably three quarters of the way finished with it. Nobody's going to really want to buy this or use this because, you know, they're closing their schools and people are kind of discouraged but then I started thinking about it a little bit more and I thought, well, you know what? These people who are closing their schools because of COVID or are stuck in really bad financial situations because of the pandemic, they're not going to give up because they're martial artists and they're instructors. They're not just going to say, oh, okay, I'm closing down. I'll never do this again. They're going to say, I'm close. I closed down. My school closed. It's unfortunate. But what, how am I going to get back into the game? How am I going to get back into teaching and doing what I love? And that's why I think the book's going to be relevant because it just simply goes through the steps. It is sort of a how-to book on how to start a martial art program basically anywhere other than under your own brick and mortar type school. 
where you would go out, uh, maybe teach at a Y or a rec center, a senior center, schools, you know, all these options and how what you need to do to get your, your foot in the door. It's also going to be helpful for those people who always wanted to have their own school or program, and it will be a good stepping stone for them. My husband and I actually created our program after we earned our black belts uh, back in the early 90s. We did this little program and for volunteer work in a low-income neighborhood, kind of an inner-city place where kids were struggling. They had difficult family situations Mm -hmm. and violence in the area and that kind of thing. So we decided we would start a program for a couple of reasons. One, to help us get better as teachers, and two, to give back something to a community. And we thought, hey, this is great. We'll do this for like a year. We'll figure out how to do our own program, and then we'll go out and do it for money, that kind of thing. But um, we loved it so much, we ended up staying there for seven years doing that program. But Um, The thing is that you can basically go out and find places to teach, whether for volunteer or for, you know, to make some extra money or to make an income. And so this third book kind of walks you through the different things that you need to consider. Maybe you need a business plan. You might need insurance. You need uh, some kind of syllabus or your program. You need to know what your goals are. And that's kind of what that book's going to be about. That'll actually be a good one to read. Don't let me know when that's out for sure. And I know one thing I've noticed in the last, uh, you know, decade is is um, school sharing where I've seen like two or three different instructors from different styles sharing school. Like, you know, one will yeah. teach on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, one will teach on, you know, Mondays, Thursdays, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, sharing the space to save money. And you know, so there's always ways to do it. I mean, so that, I think that'll be a very good book. I think people will enjoy that. I'm kind of looking forward to it now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And then where did the idea for the podcast come from? I mean, obviously now so I mean, there's, there's so many podcasts out there. What, you know, what made you decide I'm going to jump mm-hmm. into the other million that are out there? <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's funny is I tried podcasting maybe a few years ago and it was too technical for me. Like I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to do it. It has gotten easier. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. It was like, okay, how do I get this on my blog website now? And it was like all these codes and things. And I was just like, I can't figure out how to do this. And so I kind of gave up on it. But back then it was just me talking mm-hmm. or it was me reading one of my blogs or that kind of thing. So I let it sit for a while. And I'm on a lot of pod- a lot of people reach out to me to be on their podcast because I have a niche. I have something different, unique, the martial arts woman. People want to hear more about it. What is that? And so people reach out and I, I do these different blogs. Well, a friend of mine, a longtime friend, she actually wrote a chapter in my book. She reached out and said, oh, I have a new podcast and it's called Human Performance or something of that realm. Would you be on my, my podcast? And I said, sure. So she told me about the software she was using. Just, you know, go on here. It's very simple. I'll, I'll call you through the, the software and records it and ta-da. And I said, great. So I, I did the, the podcast with her. And then I sat down and I thought, hmm. This is not so difficult anymore. (laughs) What what can I do with this? And of course, the thoughts that flooded my mind were my book, where I where I and I talked to so many martial art women, my interviews for magazines where I've talked to different martial art women. This is a great theme. This is a great way to present martial art women, give them another voice. 
give them another platform to tell their stories. And that's how that evolved. I still didn't know quite what I was doing when I did the first one. I had never really used the software before. So I found a friend who's a martial artist and I said, hey, can I use you for a guinea pig on my first podcast? Because I'm not really sure what I'm doing. And I figure, well, you know, if we make mistakes, it's okay between the two of us. And that and that's how I started it. So it's been a lot of fun. And but there's so many themes that I've learned about martial art women. And unfortunately, a lot of women turn to martial arts because they've been abused or been in a domestic violence or sexual assault situation. And a lot of these women were willing to talk about those things and how their martial art training helped them overcome that in the long run. So that's been an interesting topic that I've seen develop through the podcast. And also, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. Many have taken control of their lives after events like that, traumatic events, and now have their own businesses, their own martial arts schools, or other types of businesses. It's really pretty fascinating to listen to their stories. And, and again, the stories are not all sad and, and down. The stories are really uplifting because they're stories of overcoming. And not every podcast that I do, not every interview that I do, has those components. Some of them are fun and uplifting and just interesting women. Some have lots of interesting stories to tell. It's a lot of different women, but there are some themes there, which has been really interesting to watch develop. When did the podcast start? It was, it was just earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you have a, a consistent release schedule? Are you doing like every other week? Are you doing once a month? Mm-hmm. How often are you doing it? Yeah, I, I did once a week for a while to help build an audience. And now I'm done. Now I do it, I'd say once every two weeks or so is when okay. I release the podcast. And, and so do you have a, a lot of guests? I mean, how far ahead do you plan yeah. out your guests? I mean, are you like me where I have 20 planned out before I even start recording? <laughs> I I did that. I mean, I planned out a ton of guests. Okay. And now I just plan out two or three in advance. And do you, do you um, feel I, it's easier to get guests now after you've had it going for, for half a year? <laughs> actually, it was, I have literally hundreds of women who want to be on the show. Nice. So I don't have any problem with guests. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can send some your way. I was gonna say I might have to steal. I might have to steal a couple from you. <laughs> I can't. I can't possibly do the number of guests that I have a list for. I just put on Facebook one day. Hey, you know, if you're interested in nominating someone to be on the podcast, let me know. Well, literally hundreds of names came through. It was. Wow. It was amazing. So you and I can talk. Maybe we can share some of them. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. You can I, get some. I actually I actually have a possibility of a guest for you that we'll, we'll talk about afterwards. Okay. So remind me about all right. that. Yeah. Um, all right. So how can people find the podcast? The podcast is on every major podcast platform. So Apple, Spotify, Google, all of them, Stitcher, I don't know. There's a whole list of them. I publish them out on Anchor Podcasts, so they're available on Anchor Podcasts. And then if you go to my blog, themartialartswoman.com, it now hosts both my philosophical blogs and my podcasts. The podcasts there have generally a biography that the women have provided to me or some story about them and some photos of them. So it's kind of a nice place to, to go before you listen to the actual podcast, it has the podcast link there, but then you can kind of see what they look like and read their stories a little bit as well. 
Okay, nice. And a couple kind of, you know, fun questions I ask all my guests and, you know, not all fun, but uh, some serious ones too. But as a former teacher and, and, and someone who's been you know, a martial artist for 30 years of your life, uh, someone approaches you, maybe it's a friend, an acquaintance, you know, someone just knows you're in martial arts and they ask you that they're thinking about joining martial arts either for themselves or maybe for a kid and they're looking for advice on what to look for in a school, what to look for in a teacher. What are some, some tips you give people? Yeah, I give a lot of, of tips like that. And it depends if it's for them as an adult or for their kids. If it's for a child, I would say the first attribute to look for in the martial art teacher is patience. For children, it is so important. Of course, the martial art instructor needs to know their topic and needs to know their style. Let's just say that's a given. Mm -hmm. But the most important quality or characteristic that they need is patience because a child who is in a classroom where it's very demeaning or there's a lot of yelling or any of that kind of thing, they're never going to learn the martial art. They really need to feel safe. If it's for an adult, I would say just do it. Just get out and try it. Right now, it's a little difficult with COVID, but right. say we're in a non-COVID time. You're you're sitting there, you're thinking, I'm kind of interested in a, in a martial art program. Sitting there thinking about it, it's going to do absolutely nothing. You actually have to go somewhere and watch it and try it. And that's the most difficult thing. And that's why people don't do it is because they have to take an action. They actually have to do something. But I would say that martial arts are, there's so many different martial arts for people. You can choose so many different styles. So first, maybe do a little Google search on different styles that you think you might be interested in, what your personal goals are. And then go out and watch a class or try a class. No hurt in trying. So yep. give it a try and then see what happens. So, so what do you say to the typical response? I'm too old. What's your yeah, comeback well, for that? <laughs> you know, that's very easy for me because I'm like, well, you know what? I'm 57 and I'm still kicking and doing all kinds of martial art things. And I'm no one special. I'm an average woman, ordinary person just like you. And yes, I've been doing it a long time. But Tai Chi, I haven't been doing a long time. I also did um, Taekwondo for a while, just a few years ago, and I wasn't that familiar with that style. So age has nothing to do with it, because if your goal is fitness or losing weight, then martial arts is great for that. If it's to be more mindful, then there's some martial art for that. You can find something that fits you and your comfort level. But I would always say try to challenge yourself as well. Nice. Yeah. Years ago, I tried to convince my mom to join. This is back in the nineties. And uh, mm -hmm. she had the same thing. She was too old. She was too old. And I got her to come watch a demonstration that our school was doing specifically because I knew one of our students was going to be there who is a 73 year old female red belt. And my mom, ah. my mom in her forties joined the next day and she ended up getting her black belt before she had to oh, quit. That's but cool. yeah, yeah. So I tell people, Hey, my mom got her joined in her forties <laughs> because of a 73 mm -hmm. year old. So you can do it too. <laughs> that's a great story. And you know, I just interviewed one of the first podcast interviews I did was of a woman named Pam Neal and she's in her eighties and she just earned her fifth degree black belt wow. in karate. That's cool. That was a really fun podcast fun interview. So yeah, who, who cares about age? I don't even think about age. I know I've mentioned it a few times, but more really to let people know that it doesn't matter how old you are. Cause I don't care how old I am. That's great. I just keep going and 
I mean, I just keep doing all of these things because I'm a productive, motivated person. So, Why stop now? You know, <laughs> exactly. I, I agree completely. I mean, it's said so I've been doing it a long, I'm 46, I'm 47 and I've been doing it since I was 10. And I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I don't do it quite as hardcore as I did when I was in my twenties yeah. and thirties and stuff, but you know, yeah. I, I still try to do it whenever I can. I, I, you know, even if I'm not going to classes often, I'm still in the gym, you know, a handful of times a week, kicking the, kicking the bag and stretching and <laughs> doing what I can to to stay active. So, so let me ask you this then over, over the 30 plus years in martial arts, is there a specific philosophy that you've, you've learned or that's become really, really special to you? Is there one that stands out that you've learned from martial arts? I have my own philosophies really. I don't use other people's philosophies like Bruce Lee or Mm -hmm. somebody famous like that. My philosophy really is what I call the martial art mindset. And that just means that you apply very specific martial art experiences to your life because there's a lot of parallels in overcoming obstacles, for instance. When I was a green belt, I had my green belt test. My instructor called me up and he said, "Uh, you're going to do a jump front kick and break these boards. And he had a couple of boards he was holding up and I had never broken boards before. I was a good kicker, but I had never broken boards. So I had this, my first thought was like, I cannot do that. I've never done that before. So I jump up and there's a big audience there and I jump up and I kick and my foot bounces off the board and I don't break anything. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, how do I fix this? And he said, Andrew, you can do this. So I tried again, the same thing happens. And there's this like hush throughout the, the crowd, right? Because now they're embarrassed for me. And I thought, okay, he's giving me one more chance. How am I going to do this? And I turned around. He said, just take a minute. So I turned around away from him. And I just said, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, I just, I was like a choo-choo train, right? I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> trying to psych myself up. And I turn around and I jump and I kick and I break the boards. And it was so easy. And it was just that very simple lesson that if you believe in yourself, you can do it. So in life, if we want to just kind of compare this to life, when you're in that situation that you don't believe you can do it, or you're not sure of yourself, you have to give yourself the credit you deserve. You have to tell yourself that you can do it. You have to remind yourself that you're fully capable of it, even when you're afraid of public speaking or of teaching a class or trying something new. Those are the moments when you have to say, I can do it. I can do it. And And that's how I use the martial art mindset. That's how I translate that language of martial arts to everyday life. I just find those experiences and drag them (laughs) into my life wherever I can use them. And that's the philosophy that I use. That's great. Hey, that's uh, (laughs) always better to come up with your own than use someone else's. I mean, as long as it works, that's the important thing. So. So obviously you, you've written two books and I'm almost three now, other than your mm-hmm. own, do you have a favorite martial arts book? No. <laughs> People <laughs> laugh at me because they're like, what's your favorite martial art movie? What's your favorite martial art book? What's your favorite martial artist? And I don't have really any of those. I It's just strange where I float in the martial art world because I try not to read into what other people are doing or to follow a particular person or movie because I want to be really unique, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. I want to be genuine and unique to who I am. 
And I don't really want to get other people's ideas into my own, my head, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I'm pretty autonomous when it comes to those types of things. I don't, I really like a lot of the Bruce Lee quotes. I use those a lot. Yep. But other than that, I'm, I'm just, I just use my own, my own thoughts, I guess. <laughs> okay, good. So how about then like a guilty pleasure? Do you have, uh, obviously you can you already kind of mentioned movies, but you have a guilty pleasure, like a, a martial arts movie or TV show. If, if you see it on, you'll watch it for fun, you know, maybe not for the martial arts value, but you know. You, you no, know. I don't. I, I mean, honestly, I don't watch any martial art movies. Really? Um, no. And wow. I, I never have really, I don't really have any interest in them. I don't know. Because for me, I guess martial arts, most martial art movies are based on fighting scenes and that type of choreography. And that just doesn't speak to me. The martial arts, how martial arts speak to me is differently. They're continuous life lessons. Yes, there's a whole physical component to martial arts, to the training, to the learning, the memorization, the types of kicks, all that physicality. But there's, then there's a huge mentality and there's a huge spirituality. And so for me, they're equally important. And martial art movies just don't kind of hit on those things for me. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Cool. <laughs> I told you, I'm a little bit different. Well, <laughs> that's okay, though. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> I, I don't want every guest to have the same answer. I mean, and, and honestly, what's funny is that out of the many interviews I've done, a lot of them, you know, the same book comes up every now and then, the same movies come up every now and then, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's still fun to ask and, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I was actually surprised how, how, how many people have mentioned the TV show Cobra Kai. <laughs> I know it's that funny because that's yeah. one of my guilty pleasures, and, and I absolutely love it. But yeah, it's, I'm surprised how many actual like serious martial artists and like MMA fighters I've interviewed love that show. So it's kind of funny. But that is funny. You just never that know when funny. you talk to people. Well, Andrew, I just want to thank you for taking the time to sit and chat with us and tell us about yourself. And every, you know, obviously, you're crazy busy. You got everything going on. We like said you got the blog. You're writing books. You're writing articles you got your own podcast and i will put links to everything in our show notes and you know, hopefully send people your way and and uh, but once again from the bottom of my heart i just want to thank you for taking the time as i've i've been really enjoyed getting to know more about you and i'm, I'm definitely ordering your book I, I will read it for myself and, and get it for my daughter for sure well thank you so much it really has been my pleasure to be on the show and it's been a lot of fun so thanks for asking all the inter- interesting questions uh, thank you Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.